before this podcast starts, I would like to make a comment about something that happens later in the broadcast. Around the 42-minute mark, there is a um, discussion in the chat room uh, taking place in response to discussion we're having live. And um, somebody said something I found grossly offensive. And during the course of the podcast, I did say their name originally in the, in the live um, show, but I have deleted their name from the podcast because there's no need to um, create more animosity in that situation than there already is. Thank you, and I hope you enjoyed this podcast. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I hope you can hear me. Um, where the fuck is the chat room? I've lost the chat room already and earned myself an explicit writing for pod for Castbox. Yes, I have. Um. <laughs> yeah, that's all it takes. Just dropping the f bomb. <laughs> um. Yeah, thank everybody for being here. Um, it didn't even take 30 seconds. I can I can time it later. I would ask everybody but me and Jilly to make sure that your mic is um, muted. Because when I pulled the recording from Craig last night, um, I had a, a empty channel. I won't call out the person. I mean, I didn't get anything from your end because... Um, you weren't able to actually speak in the chat room, but it did pick up you as a channel. So please make sure that your mic is muted so Craig won't pick you up <clears throat> as a potential speaker. <clears throat> I don't know um, why Craig did that. Craig sensitive. <laughs> but we all agree that we're glad his name is not Brad. So um, Tonight we're going to talk about the differences between um, fusion and can divergence and um, what that means for Fix-It. This is very timely because we're going to do canon divergence in July when it comes to the, the real end. We're going to do canon divergence on a huge scale in November. And of course, um, the next Quantum Bang sign-up starts August 1st, which is a Fix-It Big Bang. So we felt like this was just like the perfect time to have this particular discussion in depth. We've talked about it before, a little bit here and there. And just a reminder for those of you who are interested in participating in the Quantum Bang, you could have wrote your Quantum Bang three years ago. As long as it's not, as long as it's not ever been online or published anywhere, um, it is at least 50k. It is eligible to be a part of the Quantum Bang as long as it's a fix it. Not an anti-fix it. And also you can't like make a problem and then fix your problem. You have to fix canon. Anyways, um, we are like dudes, we are like 24 hours basically. Just 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 ish. ish. So it's 10 o'clock here and it'll be 12 to on the first PM when my story posts. So we're looking at what, Jilly? I'm sure she has the exact number. 26 hours. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you did. <laughs> we are 26 hours from the launch of the first Quantum Bang. 25 I, hours and 57 minutes. I am you know. so happy and proud of you guys. Uh, 28 participants, 1.9 million words, etc. Just freaking awesome. To give you guys some reference, I am about 
200k off 3 million words on my personal site um and i have been writing on that particular site since 2008 and uh so i'm at 2. Point, i'll tell you i'll go over there i have a little thing i have a little thing at the bottom that i probably need to update that's beside the point I'm still not quite at 3 million yet. I'm at 2.888, et cetera, million words. Um, so I'm precariously close to three. And I think between my quantum bang and um, something else coming up, that I'll probably hit that. Well, your quantum bang, if you're at 2.88, the quantum bang will throw you over. No, I'm, I'm at 2.888188. You only need one hundred and twelve thousand. Then I am there. I am. I am officially there. Almost like we're twenty six hours out <laughs> from me having three million words of fan fiction posted. And that's not counting the little stories. I don't think I've been adding. I I, I need to go into my thing and make sure I added all our, our little one sentence prompts because I don't think I did. But that's just to give you some perspective of how much work got done um, for the Quantum Bank this year. I mean, I am almost at 3 million words, and um, I just celebrated my 10-year fandom anniversary, May 25th. Wow. Wow, that, <laughs> wow. You just snuck that in there. Happy anniversary. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome, fandom. I'm not sure you all thank me appropriately. That's okay, though. I'm a, I, I am both easy to love and hate. I'm also eating popcorn. If you wanted professionalism, you've come to the wrong place tonight. <laughs> yeah, because that's why people come here is professionalism. <laughs> I have I have I have a little rant. I started writing, I got like, I don't know, two thousand words into a rant post last night. Wow. To answer the question. And I decided to curb my impulses. But you know, I get into it. The funny the, there's the funniest thing I get into with people about story recommendations. And recommending stories makes the world go round, you know, in fandom. I mean it, it makes the world go round in any kind of fiction, right? That's what we do is we find something people read stuff based on other people's recommendation a lot of times, right? So and even if you're if you're searching for stories that have a lot of kudos or a lot of bookmarks or stuff, you're all, you're relying in your in your own way on recommendations. So I I have a problem with recommendations. I have a problem with the lack of boundaries people have about recommendations. So someone recommended a story to me and they told me the content of the story first and I said, "Oh, that sounds interesting." And then they sent me the link and I said, "Oh, no, I don't read that writer." And they like, why not? She's great. And I said, because I don't read hardcore angst writers. I don't read them at all. And this is not a critique. It is observable fact by an author who tags every story angst, who puts in her author notes how she loves angst, who, <laughs> tags, who all of her stories are tagged not a fix it. I mean, I don't read hardcore angst writers. And there's a reason for, you know, I have my reasons for that, okay? But there's a difference between saying something that is an observable fact about somebody's writing and critiquing them, okay? It is not a critique to say somebody's an angst writer and that I don't read that. It, 
I may be judgmental about somebody being like, say, a rape writer, but it is not a critique to say that they write rape and I don't read that. Now, if I were to say they have shitty character development and I don't read that, <laughs> that's a critique. So people need to get the difference between a critique and an and the genre somebody writes in, their writing style. And, and be able to separate the two. Because if I say I don't read a certain writer because they write a, tend to favor a nonlinear narrative, that's because I don't like nonlinear narrative. It has nothing to do with that writer at all. <laughs> at all. So somebody coming, shooting back at me and saying, you know, you shouldn't be critiquing them like that when I said that I don't read angst writers, hardcore, hardcore angst. Yes, I do read stories that have some angst in them, but I don't like to read 50,000 words of having my, you know, being slammed against an angst wall because usually what happens is you get a, a novel length of angst and about 200 words of resolution. And in this particular writer's case, the reason I don't read them is because I did read two of their stories on high recommendation and both of them had no resolution. <clears throat> and I So all that misery and you don't get a resolution. Nothing. It's just bitterness. And that's fine. If that's, <laughs> just bitterness. <laughs> if, if that's what they want to write, that's fine. And if people want to read that, that's fine. But I read fiction to feel good, not to be miserable. So that's why I don't write angst, because why would I make myself unhappy? Right. I, I, yes, there are, there are angst features in some of my writing, but it is not a prevailing theme. It is not the theme of a story is angst. So there are, there are, I know people who are angst writers, you know, it's fine. That's what they like to write. It's not what I like to read. It is not casting aspersions on their character or on their craft to say that I don't read angst. So when you recommend a story to somebody and they say, I don't read that, or I don't read that writer. And if it's an observable fact, quit calling it a criticism. Unless it's, you know, it's pedo, you know, that's a criticism and an observable fact. <laughs> yeah, that would be like, you know, I don't like to read about child rape. But I'm both critical. Oh, but it's consensual. You. No, fuck you, it's not consensual. Can't have consent. Pedophilia so, is not consensual. Chan is not consensual. Uh, I mean, other than, other oh. than, sometimes... Sometimes I feel very judgmental about somebody's genre, like slavery or rape or whatever. But it, it's still an observable fact that that's what they wrote. So it's not a criticism to call that out and say, I don't read rape. It's not a, it's, that's not a critique on the author, even if I feel judgmental about it. Um, <laughs> but I, I actually don't have any... I actually, I actually do think slamming people against an angst wall for 50,000 words and giving no resolution is bad craft. But that's a completely separate issue from me saying I don't read hardcore angst writers. I don't, it's because I don't like it. So a lot of angst writers do give some kind of resolution. It's still not my preferred genre. So, and that shouldn't be something that offends anybody. It's just utterly mind boggling that people would get upset about it. It's saying, like people who get upset, pissed at me about me saying I don't read incest because I think it's disgusting. Um, that is both a statement and an opinion. Um, that I'm allowed to have. Mm -hmm. But A lot of people think incest is disgusting, but I'm not running around the internet abusing people who write it or read it. I just don't want any part of it. Right. 
And you're not actually, if you say, I don't read incest because I think it's disgusting, you're still talking about your opinion, not about that writer. So even if you actually feel that, <laughs> I mean, like if somebody's writing pedo, I do think they're disgusting, but that's. Yes. Uh, yeah. If, if you write Chan or pedophilia, I think you're disgusting. I'm no. also worried about any children in your life. And if you get turned on by that, I am doubly worried. And honestly, that's the reason why I don't like it. I mean, even beyond the fact that it's just disgusting, is that it, I like what turns me on when it comes to sex. Hmm. If I don't think it's sexy, I don't write it. So, I agree. Anyways, let's talk about something more pleasant, like apocalypses yeah. <laughs> and fusions. Marvel. <laughs> and you know, when it came to the question that was asked, um Chris Evans asked, that is America's ass. Yes, yes. it is. <laughs> and we need to reclaim that ass, you know, because I do believe that. I do believe we need to reclaim the uh, the Marvel characters. I think that as a fandom, we should just say no and take the characters away from them because they don't they don't know. So going forward, my intent as a as a as a writer in the Marvel fandom is to take the characters back. I think I'm going to start with Black Widow. For it, I know. No, I think I started with Loki, but that's okay. I'm going <laughs> to. You did start with Loki. This is true, but it was you did you didn't know I, you, it wasn't part of your intent in your intended path. You didn't have your right. Intention. Yeah. See, this is case in point about Joss Whedon and his obsession with butts. With ass. If you can guarantee if Joss Whedon is putting together a movie, you're going to see some ass. Some nice ass. You just got to appreciate it. You know they cast for ass. <laughs> they, just had, <laughs> they just had everybody in there wearing tight pants. Um, okay. So Yeah, God bless America. <laughs> question about Fusion and Fix-It versus Candivergent. There's a funny little thing I was thinking about is that when it comes to fusion is very difficult to do canon divergence with, but I'm going to have to qualify that because there's always going to be exceptions because what happens with fusions is, and the reason why I say that it's just going to be exceptions is typically when you do a fusion, you alter the is world. Is Liz in here? Right? Is she? Liz, Liz isn't here tonight. Oh, that's sad. Well, she'll, well, she'll get the yeah, we'll podcast we'll later. Sure to ping her. But when, typically when you do a fusion, you're talking about merging the world, right? That's the type of fusion we're typically talking about. If we're Because definitely the first type of fusion where you put your characters in a different fandom, that you absolutely would not count as a fix-it. Um, or canon divergence, because you're pushing yeah. to... Yeah, um, you're, you're obliterating together. canon. All you're, right. doing is, all you're doing is taking can characters out of canon so it, it's neither canon divergent nor is it unless it happens through like a dimensional hop right like your canon divergent point is some you know space time portal opens up and um like um for an example of that would be uh if you've read the summary for claire claire watson's um team story for um the Quantum Bang. Jesus, I forgot my challenge name for the Quantum Bang. Um, <laughs> I was like, did you just forget literally the challenge name? It's like, surely yeah. not. That's surely not yeah. what she's talking about, but it was. It, it was. That's hilarious. Um, she has, she's doing a, she's doing a canon virgins that, that is literally about a fix-up that is about them falling into another dimension, I think. Um, 
So, so yeah, so that's, if you want to go read her summary, that is an example of where like you could fall into a portal and wind up somewhere else. And, you know, all of a sudden your character's in a whole other world and your divergent point, her divergent point is where they fall into that dimensional portal. So, um, and then she fixes stuff. So anyway, um, that's, that would be an example of where you could have something really dramatic be a canon divergent point. But typically, if your characters are going out of the world they're in, you're typically not diverging from canon. But fusion, the kind of fusion where you're fusing the worlds together, um, the, the fact that the world, world rules, the way the world operates, fundamentally now have changed kind of makes canon implicitly not reliable, right? Yeah. So if you are fusing, but this is again where it comes upon which direction are you going at it from, right? So if you're fusing the Harry Potter world rules into NCIS, where magic has always existed, you absolutely cannot do a fix it for NCIS. Could you do a fix it for Harry Potter under those circumstances? Yes, because you're just going, you're just saying the Harry Potter rules exist and all of these characters are out doing their thing in the world. And that's where big, big, big secret fandoms like Harry Potter, like Stargate, like um, Eureka, those fandoms are easier to do a fusion into a contemporary fandom because nobody knows they're there, which means you're not implicitly breaking the rules of your world. There's a butt parade happening in the chat room. <clears throat> really is. I actually had to go off the chat room for a minute because I was distracted by all um, the butts. Especially um, apparently that my most distracting ass is apparently um Scott Johansson. Because that ass was booming. Yeah, actually, yeah. It was <laughs> that that shot of her was incredible. Now, that, that gif is just a tease. I mean, if you're going to go that far, I need the whole thing. But, but no that more. would actually be a violation of my um, rule about very, very distracting gifts in the chat room while we're doing our thing. I'm distracted. No more butts. No more butts. <laughs> I can't handle any more butts. Uh, maybe that butt. <laughs> Hold on. I spoke too soon. <laughs> well... <laughs> Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> if, if, if you're going to put a butt up there, Alex O'Loughlin's butt might as well be the butt you pick. <laughs> Steve by any name. Um, okay. <laughs> that's America's butt, too. <laughs> that's Hawaii's butt. <laughs> yeah, that's Hawaii's ass. <laughs> For, actually, I think it's technically Australia's, Australia's ass. Australia's ass, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. But, uh, I um I actually uh were plotting two different um one sentence uh prompts. <laughs> In November and I was like I had an epiphany today. Um about uh because i was having was one of the prompts i was really really interested in writing over the other one even though they're both like i think 
for the most part, technically mine. <laughs> like, I wrote some votes, but sometimes, didn't I? Oh, the, didn't, the, you write, yeah. didn't you write what? The, 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 the one sentence prompts that we're doing in November. Weren't they both mine? Or was one yours? Uh, well, one we came up with on the podcast, but I don't know if I came up with that or you did. And the other one was yours. Right. So the thing is, is I was like, I want one over the other. And then I had an epiphany about the new one. Um, and I was like, oh, I could, I, I, oh, oh, I could do that. And I got really excited because it would be like, um, it would be Fix It and Canon Divergence and um, Dimensional Travel. And I was like, <sighs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I hope they pick that one now. <laughs> well, my preferred is the, is the I think the set, the new one, the new one we talked about, I think is my preference right now. But Lady Holder said that since she's a pantser, she's not going to plot anything anyway. <laughs> that we should pick the one we want. <laughs> yeah, it's the pepper one. Yeah. Um, and so I had this epic, I like, I had this, and you know, sometimes you have a, like this, and it just kind of bloomed in my brain. And I was like, holy shit. I'm so pleased. Because I had this other idea, and I was like, I really didn't, couldn't figure out how to make it work for myself. And now I do. I'm getting beeps. I don't know why I'm getting beeps. Hopefully Craig can't hear them. Can you hear them? No, I'm not hearing any beeps. Then I imagine Craig is not hearing them either. Oh, well, I don't have my. I don't see you in the pod. I don't see you. It's, it's not showing you as online. That is so weird. That's because I have myself marked invisible. <laughs> okay. Now you see me? I see. Uh, yeah, I see you. See you just fine now. You yeah. be as invisible. I was invisible. Invisible. I'm retaliating uh, against these guys for the butts. <laughs> No beeps. But yeah, I was. I don't know where the beep was coming from, though. I mean, I, I guess it could be. Oh, stupid. Um, township. Yeah, I was getting cookies in township. So I read a theory where um, the kid from Iron Man three who was at um, Tony's funeral in the in Endgame that he's gonna yeah that he's gonna be the next um, Iron Man. Harley, yeah, Harley Keener. I'm not a fan, so okay. I don't know. I don't so like I think it. he's pretty cute. And if he was the new Iron Man, he'd probably need a partner, you know, someone to keep him in line, someone who knew Tony better than Harley did, and of course, you know, Peter. Mm -hmm. They're they're about the same age, ish. Yeah, ish. Yeah. I don't know, that's just a fan theory. I figured we would get um that we wouldn't get another Iron Man till until Morgan grew up and it would be Iron Maiden. Um I'm just I'm just not a fan of anybody. I just think they should yeah, I don't know. I guess it does I, it feels like I mean I mean it could be that they've written it. They've been so inconsistent with Tony Stark's character, however, that there's no telling if Tony would have left that legacy to somebody or not. And if he did, of course, he would want, obviously he wants somebody that he trusts 
to pick it up. But I always come back to Tony saying, I am Iron Man. And that's why to me, it's like when Tony's gone, Iron Man's gone. I agree. It just, it just needs to be the end of it. But also, I think it'd be really cute if Spider-Man was <laughs> mentoring Spider-Boy, I mean, uh, Iron Boy, whatever you want to call him. <laughs> they have to come up with a new name for him. You know, they couldn't call him Iron Man. He'd have to be out there, you know, in a different looking suit, in a Maybe he inherited Tony's technology, but the name would have to die with Tony. That's just well, my... like Iron Heart. I haven't read. I mean, I don't, I don't read the comics, so I haven't read the Riri storyline. But I really dig that um, they picked an African American woman to uh, to play the part. So that's awesome. Anyway, so fusions versus crossovers versus can divergence. It's pretty easy in a crossover to do can to do can divergence, and of course you can do fix it because fix it's a subset of pretty much of a can divergence. Um, since fix it's require canon, I don't. I mean, it's a well, it's it's a little bit. There's 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 like a couple corner cases I can think of that aren't exactly canon divergent, but they're sort of canon divergent. It all time travel mucks with things, right? It's like you wind up in a canon divergence paradox. It's like, well, you know, the time travel happened after canon even canon ended, so it's not strictly canon divergence in that sense. But it is canon divergence in the sense of when they land, you diverge from canon. I don't know. It gives well, me a my idea is probably going to skirt that line because it's going to involve dimensional travel. Um. But I think it's a matter of knowing what your focus is, right? Is what are you fixing? What are if you're doing a fix it, or what are you diverging from? Because canon divergent, you don't have to be canon divergent for every fan. Let's say you're doing a crossover, you don't have to be canon divergent, strictly speaking, for both fandoms in a crossover. But you need to be canon divergent for your main one, right? So, um. The question becomes is can you do a canon divergence post canon? Like um like where your character's circumstances are when the when the canon ends and you make an abrupt change to an abrupt turn to the left, is that canon divergence or is that future fic? <sighs> <laughs> <laughs> I would say it depends upon how far in the future, honestly, because if you are, if you're closely tied to those, so like, um, in, let, let's take the NCIS for example. So Tony left the show, right? And at the last we see of Tony, he is in taking his daughter to Paris, I think. Um, I think you could do a canon divergent point right around there. He's left, he's gone to Paris. You diverge. Can you do canon divergence five years later? That would feel like future fic to me. But I do think you could have a time travel situation that occurred 20 years in the future and they go back and then you cause canon to diverge as a result of the time travel. Hmm. Which is what... It could also be a fix it depending on what right. the circumstances are. You could fix or you could make things bad. Which is basically not that actually isn't what you did because your your time travel occurs in the canon timeline. But if if it had been after the canon timeline, right? Or if something right, well, Darkly Loyal is after the canon timeline, um, in, in in that the epilogue didn't happen, um, 
and Harry's circumstances were vastly different than the epilogue. So if you pull the epilogue out of Deathly Hallows, uh, Darkly Lowell is canon divergent from that point forward, but then it becomes a fix it when they tap when they travel back in time. Right. And your canon divergence point in that case becomes where they land back in time. It's because they cause those changes in canon by virtue of arriving in the past. So it that one thing is the only thing I can think of where sometimes um, a fix-it fic is not strictly like canon divergence is because of the time travel element. Is you could have somebody time traveling way off in the future, out of the canon, out of the canon stream of events that cause a canon divergence in the past when they arrive that results in a fix-it. So, but anyway, that's kind of that's kind of like nuanced. But I think you could could call it canon divergence, but again, it depends on how you look at it. It's not canon divergence from when they time traveled, but it could be canon divergent from when they arrive. Anyway, um, so fusions. Uh, I think for me, the, 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 the important part about defining canon divergence is that the, your, focus can, your focus fandom, whatever it is, the canon has to stay intact up to the point that you diverge. And if the thing you're fusing would change your world to a point that canon could not be intact, then you cannot call do a canon divergence in that fusion. Like a so let's do some examples of um, canon divergences that could um, work in a fusion. Yeah. Um, yeah. So first example, um, John comes online as a sentinel in Pegasus and they have no fucking clue what he is because sentinels don't exist on earth. So it obliterates all of sentinel canon on earth. So they have to figure out what John is in Pegasus. But does it, I don't, cause that would to me would be a crossover. Would it be a crossover if sentinels don't exist on earth? But why? But the thing is, but why couldn't? Why could? Why would you need to obliterate Sentinel Cannon? If I wanted to do a Cannon Divergence and not a fusion. <laughs> but, it, but the thing is, there's nothing that says that Jim Ellison doesn't exist in the Stargate universe because Sentinels are not known. Right. Right. So in theory, there could. But you remember, there could. You could have that dissertation that they find that old dissertation of Blair's is floating around out there. That helps. And that's what they. Clue. Yeah, and that wouldn't be a fusion. But if we did sentinels and gods are known, that would be a fusion. Which, uh, which, if sentinels and gods are known, Stargate would be very different. And sentinels and gods are known. Yeah, yeah. It, it's actually <laughs> I, work. I wrote about it. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's actually work in the sentinels and gods are known universe to keep Stargate events happening almost the same. Um, yeah, it re um, it requires actually a huge organization for the sentinels, and it also requires that they be in the know. Because you can't keep a secret from a sentinel, so right. you have to have structures in place to make it um, difficult uh, for sentinels who are in the know. They have to be, you know, have to, you know, non-disclosure agreements, um, that, that kind of thing. Right. I mean, I wrote it. Uh... 
I can't even remember which story it was where I wrote that they were deliberately keeping, oh, it's Journey Home, where they were deliberately keeping high-level Sentinels out of the SGC um, as, a, as a method of, well, it, the, stated, the stated aim was to, it was operational security, but that wasn't actually the real reason. It was to keep people from finding out, Sentinels from finding out all the stuff that was really going on. Um, but the thing but, is, is that's not really realistic, right? Because a Sentinel could stand outside the mountain and find out everything they wanted to know. And a particularly powerful one, one could do it in a hotel down the street. <laughs> well, that's one of the things that comes up is they never had the operational security they thought they did. So, but it, you just have to kind of be careful with that's why Sentinels and Guides fusion, the Sentinels and Guides are known fusion, absolutely would not work for Canon Divergence. Even It wouldn't even work for Canon Divergence for the Sentinel because Sentinels and Guides being known changes things dramatically for Jim and Blair. Um, but could you do a Sentinel, a Sentinel crossover and have someone come online as a Sentinel and nobody knows what a Sentinel is except Blair? Absolutely. And that could be canon divergent for one show or it could be canon divergent for two shows. It all depends. And it, on. That's actually a really popular um, thing in um, the Sentinel fandom. There are quite a few stories where Daniel Jackson and Blair are friends. Um, there's one where Jack O'Neill is actually Blair's father, I believe. Um, yes. I think I think Daniel, Jack, I mean, Blair finds out about that. There's, there's one where Jack is Blair's adopted father, and there's another one where they find out that Jack is Blair's biological father. Um, the Sentinel and the original SG-1 were kind of like happening almost at the same time, and so their, their timelines were really easy to put together. And they were on the air together a lot. And it was, um, it was, you know, it was, it was such a popular crossover, not a fusion, but such a popular crossover between those two shows that there was actually a whole Yahoo group devoted to stories about those two shows being crossover. It was called SGC to Cascade or something like that. I don't remember the exact name of the Yahoo group, but yeah, there was, there was for a while, a very active Yahoo group that just did focused on SG one Sentinel crossovers. So Crossing over with the Sentinel, and, and the, one of the reasons why a crossover with the Sentinel works in a canon divergent situation is because nothing about Jim being a Sentinel invalidates the canon of the SGC. And the reverse is true as well. Nothing about the SGC existing invalidates the world that Jim lives in. Because the SGC is the big secret. Big secret. Uh -huh. there, you've got two big secrets in that case. And everybody's keeping their secrets until they have a reason to touch each other. But could you do a reasonable crossover in a canon divergent situation with Supernatural and NCIS? Absolutely not. Because it makes them look really fucking incompetent. And because it would have come up, it would have come up at some point in NCIS's long canon, somebody would have had an encounter with a ghost or... <coughs> You know, something would have, yeah, a demon, um, a vampire, a, 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 a whatever. 
a Wendigo or, or whatever. You know, there's so many, the fairy, there's so much that goes on supernatural that it's, and because this stuff all happens basically in a pretty public way in supernatural, it, you can't, it is either you're, you're, you, you all, you alter the canon of NCIS significantly to make that work. So, um, Uh, yeah, even a government cover-up about the supernatural invalidates NCIS's canon. So, if you'd have a crossover that invalidates the canon of your of of your one of your shows, the show you're doing your canon divergence about, then it doesn't work. Um, and so that's not a, and that because a fusion of supernatural versus a crossover of supernatural has almost the same problem. Now. What happens when you do, a, let's say, a crossover of Teen Wolf and Supernatural? Well, their canons don't line up well. So you'd actually have to do some kind of world-building fusion to reconcile the world rules. And, you've and I'd probably make the Winchesters um, hunters. Yeah. So then you have... Uh, yeah, I agree. Buffy NCIS would not work also as well. Because Buffy, even though Buffy is kind of a big secret, well, Buffy, they did a better job of the secret thing. It wasn't like it was all over the place, but I still, but I don't, still don't know that I would call it canon divergent for it. Well, again, it depends upon the show. Um, is it canon divergent for, for Buffy? Yeah, I think you could potentially throw an NCIS agent in there. Could it be canon divergent for NCIS? No, I don't think so. Because you can, I think you can, it's having an outside character be a catalyst, especially for a fix-it canon divergent, can be a very effective strategy, right? But yeah. it doesn't work as canon divergence if you've now invalidated your world. So it doesn't, but if, you're, if your focus of your canon divergence is on Buffy, it doesn't matter that you've invalidated the NCIS world. Now, you have to consider the ramifications of what, like in the case of Supernatural, what it says about the characters that you're borrowing, that they've managed to be ignorant of this shit for. So, and the same thing happens in a fusion situation with Supernatural. Like, let's say Tony is in the know, right, with Supernatural, and you've got a fusion of Supernatural and NCIS. Well, if your canon divergence is about supernatural, you're fine. Canon divergence is about NCIS, it doesn't work. Out your focus and your point are everything. Yeah, a, a lot of people died in Buffy, right? I mean, it was <laughs> Whole fucking town went into a sinkhole, but that's that's what happened when the Hellmouth opened. Well, they closed the Hellmouth. They closed the Hellmouth, and in the process of closing it, it caused the whole town to sink into a fucking crater. So the whole town died. Well, they knew there was a problem. They got a lot of people evacuated, but a lot of people still died. Yes. But. The statistics about um, some of the stuff that happened in Buffy, the death, stati death statistics in the show, it's a little unreasonable that law enforcement didn't know that something very strange was going on in that town, except for unless there was magic involved. 
um, with keeping them ignorant. So, yeah, I mean, the mayor they didn't think there was a serial killer in that in that little town targeting teenagers. Sure, way beyond a serial killer, because I mean, but the uh, when they have death statistics for graduating classes, it's you know. I'm like when Buffy graduated high school, one of the things they talked about was they had the lowest mortality rate of any class in history in that town. Mortality rate. That, that like their graduating class that, has mortality rate. That's insane. I never watched right? the show. That's insane. But on their graduation, on their graduation, like the mayor who's done an ascension ritual to turn into a greater demon, he turns into this, you know, bigger than a basilisk snake. And they blow up the high school in order to defeat, in order to kill him, right? Because he's an enormous fucking snake, and he eats part of the graduating class. Um, well, there goes their mortality rate, <laughs> right? So <laughs> he doesn't eat too many people, but he does eat some. And uh, and he, well, he but he also squished some people. Anyway, and they they have him chase them into the high school where they blow the fucking high school up. I think you. Well, how they have this stuff to do that with? They just happen to have a whole collection of. Uh, I think they said it was explosive. a fertilizer bomb. Either that, or they stole it from the local armory. They were all they stole a rocket launcher from the local arm, armory, the all, local army base once. So, and that is um, the reason why you could not put this show in any military fandom because it makes the military look like idiots. The military were idiots in in, in this. They stole yeah. all the C four. Yeah. So and 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 Xander is the one who set the charges. And so they blow up a high school on graduation day in order to kill an enormous snake, like like Harry Potter basilisk style snake, and and like nobody thinks anything about it. <laughs> so you know, it's not. You Can know, you um, I'm I'm not okay with what you just said. Um, I am the daughter of a veteran. I am the granddaughter of a veteran. I am the niece of six veterans, Marines and Army. Um, I really don't fucking appreciate what you just said in the chat room. My best friend actually happens to be a Navy vet, so um, you need to step the fuck off. I, uh, I, I can't have this fight on the podcast, but no, nobody's, nobody, I'm just going to say that nobody's going to agree with you because there are a lot of people who they don't get sucked in. They're not being brainwashed. They do it because they're trying to serve their country. So, okay. So moving on. Um, wow. Yeah. Let's, yeah, let's move on. <laughs> Before I give myself a headache. <laughs> um, I have never read Airman Harris. Um, I heard it's good, but I don't like Xander. I know that's blasphemous because I never even watched the show, but I, I read I something. I know why you don't. It's it's completely understandable that you don't that you don't like him. Okay, we're totally cutting this conversation off. Um, so, so yeah, so, but there is, 
but there, one of the things that the, that that Litgal does really well in Airman Harris is she lampshades the facts that um, she she has. I believe it's the NID that is covering up what goes on what's going on in Sunnydale, um, which you know is a great fallback position for why nobody knows about it. So, you know, when Jack finds out what's going on in Sunnydale, he goes in and puts things to right. So that's that was there was some good lampshading there. Because um, some this it, it, in in Buffy there were military experiments being done on demons in Sunnydale that was canon, and so what she did is she had the NID be responsible for that, um, and the trust be responsible for those experiments, and they were put you know hiding statistics about the death rates in the town and all that kind of garbage, so. But anything where you have a big paranormal element, no more butts. I think um, I need a butt right now, actually. I mean, that's not America's butt, so, but. It's a butt. It's a butt. <laughs> <laughs> um, but we've got. Um, Again, it all depends upon what you're trying to do when when you fuse slash crossover, because sometimes the the line between a fusion and a crossover is pretty thin, and sometimes the line between a fusion and a crossover is enormous. So everything is about what your what your intention is and what you're trying to do. Um, a lot of the Guys are just distracting the fuck out of me. Okay, I've lost my train of thought. Yeah, let's let's stop with the pictures. Um, <clears throat> All right, so let's talk about just canon divergence in general. Canon divergence in general. Um, I my biggest canon divergence is probably Lantian Legacy. Yeah, that's a bit. That's a, that takes a big turn, doesn't it? Mm -hmm. um, a lot of my stories are fusions. So, uh, I well, I do have. I definitely have. A, a, especially in, in my shorter works, I definitely have. Um... Well, Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond is also a canon divergence, but it happens when Harry's really small. Um... <sighs> I mean, it's iffy, right? Because canon opens with Harry being put on the doorstep. But the circumstances that lead him to... And Harry is put on that doorstep in Harry Potter and the Soulmate Bond. And then Sirius gets out of Azkaban and the events unfold the way they do. Um, what might have been is actually an alternate universe. Um, I I do think the story opens with Harry being put on the doorstep, but canon winds up being established way earlier than that. Yeah. So I mean, canon goes um, all the way back to Grindelwald. <laughs> so yeah, but yeah, I mean, I do think it counts as canon divergence. I mean, although I, I think it has a little alternate universe 
going on as well um because it's so canon divergence that it um i built an alternate because i put so much more um magic and ritual in it than we get from um so i think sometimes you can have a a canon divergence that is quite um winds up becoming very au because it depends upon how how far you branch from canon and what what the results of that are like if a character um goes left instead of right and they trip into a you know a dimensional portal that you know it you could wind up with something that feels very au even if canon was you 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 actually had a sharp branch break from canon i would call i think it, it's it I, I'm willing to be arguable about this, but I think if found is canon divergent, um, because I don't change anything about the NCIS or Stargate canon except for this one little detail of Tony not being a biological shepherd, not being a biological dinosaur. But there's nothing in canon that says he absolutely is a biological dinosaur. True, I would say it's canon divergent, but also crossover, but not a fusion. Yeah. No, it's not a fusion. It's and the reason why it doesn't need to be a fusion is because there's nothing incompatible between the Stargate universe and the NCIS universe. Fusions, you really have to fuse when your worlds aren't compatible, and then you have to come up with a new set of world rules. So, but maybe not for both sides of the equation. So, if you're fusing Harry Potter into a contemporary world, your contemporary world is going to look very different. Like if Tony grew up around magic, his world's going to look very different. It doesn't mean Harry Potter's world looks any different. And and if and I just want to throw this out there: if you do a fusion that changes the world for your characters dramatically, have them walking down the same path, making the exact same decisions, winding up in the exact same place, is a little bit silly. It's ridiculous. You're going to have to lampshade the fuck out of that to make that make sense. Enabling is our job. We don't get paid, but it's our job. (laughs) One I do with pleasure. (laughs) It's not a job. It's a privilege. It's a career. (laughs) Um. Look at her telling us things we already know. <laughs> it is a hobby that we take very seriously. <laughs> Throwing my words in my face. Um. I think what I just said is true. Well, it appears to be true. So, hold please. Whenever I see a hold please, I'm reminded of Sigourney Weaver in that in, in Galaxy Quest. Hold please. Oh, please. I only have one job on a stupid ship, but I'm doing it. 
<laughs> My favorite line of hers was this episode was badly written. <laughs> Makes no sense with her big bunch of crushy choppy things here. This episode was badly written. Let's get out of here before one of these things kills Guy. <laughs> I think she had the best lines of the whole movie. She may have had all the good lines. Except for that part where he says, It's a rock. It doesn't have any vulnerable spots. <laughs> well, um, although the minors, not minors. <laughs> Alan Rickman's expression when he said minors, not minors. Minors, not minors. And he goes, I don't follow. <laughs> you have a name, guy. <laughs> Do I? Do I? Or am I just <laughs> number eight? <laughs> um. uh, no, it would be a crossover. Uh, Fast and Furious and NCIS would be a crossover. There's nothing. Both of those are contemporary um, settings. There's nothing about one that validates the other. So you don't need to create a fusion. Um, so fusions, like, the, the the biggest fusion is, like, when you um, put magic in the world, right? You're doing, like, a magical realism kind of fusion. Pick your magical realism fandom. Um Psychic abilities, supernatural kind of thing, um, any of that sort of thing would be where you where you're kind of you're having to alter the rules where your contemporary world rules operate by. You're 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 doing a you're doing a kind of world building fusion, but where the where the worlds don't invalidate each other in any way, I would just you know make your life simple and call it a crossover because fusions make canon divergence more complicated. Can you guys hear my chat, my, my typing? Yeah. Okay. Sorry about that. It's not. I had to, not, I had to say something to somebody. Okay. <laughs> my, my unicorn is magic. He's just magic. He's just pure magic. I did get a mechanical keyboard. Senna, were you here last night? Did you hear my story? If not, you need to go, you need to listen to my podcast from last night where I explained how I got my keyboard. From a fetus at Best Buy. <sighs> it is, um, it is a, what did it, it was a, it's a cherry. Cherry MX Blue. MX Blue, yes. Thank you. Because I was like, I had to get up and look last night because I got, yeah, yeah, it's Blue Switch. So, I didn't like the brown at all. The brown is, I like I like the kind of it that it's tactile, but it the click. I, I guess I just like the click. It's better for me that it clicks. And I picked the blue over the red because of the sensitivity. I think you're right, Margaret. The brown did sound wrong. It just didn't. It just. I don't know. I can't. I don't know if I can change the colors. If I can, I haven't figured it out yet. I did change the color on my mouse, so my mouse matches um, my keyboard color, which is red. Which is why I thought they was red switches because the because of the red. But I think that's just mine, a cherry MX thing. One of mine has blue has blue backlight, <laughs> um, and I have it set to the ripple pattern. So every time I touch something, a key, um, 
it light the blue light ripples out from that key. So when I'm typing fast, it looks like a strobe light going on in my keyboard. That would make me nauseous. Oh, I don't look at it. I'm a touch typist. <laughs> but um, my other, my full size keyboard, my full size mechanical keyboard is rainbow lights. But I don't know if I can set it to one color or not. I mean, but just seeing it in, in my peripheral, I'm a touch typist too, but seeing it in my peripheral would really mess me up. It's pretty subtle. It's not super bright light. I mean, if I was in a dark room, I wouldn't want to do it, do that, but it's pretty subtle. I only have certain keys lit up. Um, I have the keys, you know, the standard typing position. I have the ASDF and the JKL semicolon. And then I have the space bar lit up. And then I have um, the F and the 10. The F10 and the F11, because those are my volume controls. Um, and then I have the enter button, and everything else is black. All the nifty, all the nifty programming that you can do. Like I have a very limited number of functions because a lot of the nifty programming things you can do with most mechanical keyboards are in the driver. So if it's not baked into the hardware functionality, I can't do it on my keyboard, even though it has a lot more functions. Then I, but because Mac doesn't have drivers, we don't, we don't engage in those shenanigans. <laughs> if we have operating system updates, we don't update drivers. Um. <laughs> okay, so crossovers from a Canon divergence perspective. That's hilarious, Twilight. That's fucking hell. That's fucking is. hilarious. For those of you in the podcast, she said, "I'm a religious typist. Seek and ye shall find." <laughs> You see, I call that a hunt and pecker. <laughs> no, it doesn't sound better at all. <laughs> but it's amusing as fuck. If you hunt, you usually find a pecker. Yeah. <sighs> They're not Kira, hard to come by. Kira has no problem on the pecker hunt. <laughs> I'm just, just saying. She can find a pecker just about anywhere. <laughs> yep. So if anybody has crossover, crossovers, questions about crossovers or fusions or canned divergence, go ahead and drop them in the chat room or whatever because it would help to know if, we haven't, if we've addressed your questions or not. But just remember that when you're doing a crossover, it's canned divergent. You got to be sure that your worlds don't cause problems for each other, or at least not for your focus world. Like you can bring in as many characters as you want, but if like if your focus is Teen Wolf, you need to be sure the world you're pulling characters from don't cause a problem for Teen Wolf. Like you can't use the Winchesters. <laughs> um, the anti-fix-it is um, making the situation in canon worse. Like, I'm so opposed to the very idea of it that I'm having a hard time coming up with one. Like, the anti-fix-it for in-game would be that um, even though Tony snapped his fingers to get rid of Thanos, it didn't work and he died anyway. Or an, an anti-fix-it for Avengers would be that Tony didn't make it back to the portal. He died in space. Um,
Well, yes, that's true. That's, that's the name Shut of up, ass. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> it is my headcanon that when Bilbo and Terrell die, that they're met on the shores by their Durans and they get to spend the afterlife together. And I refuse to accept any other. That's right. Except that they all live and nobody died. But. <laughs> yeah, shut up. Are you serious? One of my favorite afterlife fix is Terrell um, goes to the Undying Lands. And the Undying Lands is actually like um, you can travel from the Undying Lands to the afterlife. So she goes. <laughs> She travels all the way to Mahal's mountain and bangs on his door and demands to be let in. And they're all like, Mahal comes to Keely and says, there's some elf <laughs> banging on my door asking for you. <laughs> and she, uh, they let her in. <laughs> Because she did travel all that way to get her dwarf. So, okay, you can come in. <laughs> come on in. And Bilbo um, also traveled there. But instead of knocking on the door, he snuck in. And thought he was doing something. Like, he was there a whole week and he thought he'd gotten away with it. No, Mahal knew. <laughs> he just didn't want to kick out one of his wife's flowers and get in trouble. <laughs> I need to read this story. <laughs> Someone find this. We have um, it's the fic ninja in. She is. She's here. I I read it on AO3. Um, it actually that that's actually near the end of the story, but uh, I'm mixing up two because there's that one, and then there's one where um, Bilbo uh, is in trouble and he needs um, some kind of elixir and so Frodo goes on a quest to get it and so do the company <laughs> they're all going to go get it and then they all get fucked up and um, somebody else has to rescue them and then they come back and um, then they have to even go back to their mountain and they leave um, Frodo and Bilbo and Terrell in the Undying Lands and they're all like I don't fucking think so <laughs> this is not our happy ending <laughs> But I think those are two separate stories. But the one where Terrell bangs on the door is really interesting because it's told from her point of view a lot of it when she's traveling there and she's talking about her mother, um, and um, and her her past and life, and um, how she you know she felt kind of robbed that she didn't get to that she felt the same way about Keely that he, that he did to her and it she got she didn't get. She felt like she'd been punished. And that's why she sailed. Because there was. There was no end to that punishment. And I was like. Mm, you better let her in. <laughs> she deserves her cute little dwarf. <laughs> yes. It was very good. Me 
need to read this. Um, yeah, so just when it, when it comes to the rules of canon divergence, since that's our next two challenges, are basically canon divergent, is you just can't do something that obliterates your canon or invalidates it. Now, you don't have to worry about the canon after that point. There is a definition of is a definition of canon divergence where they say it narrowly branches from canon. Meh. I think all I, all I care about when it comes to canon divergence is that you is that you well, you you could. Um, all that matters is that you diverge from canon, right? It, it doesn't matter if it's yeah, a sharp canon left. behind you is intact. All the events from the point you picked are there. You can't retcon and say, well, this didn't happen, this didn't happen, this didn't happen, because then you need to back up. If those events don't need to happen, then you've picked the wrong insertion point, which is always a bitch. Picking the insertion point is always a pain in the ass. Yeah. Um... I don't see why you couldn't. There's nothing about Canadian bacon and due south that. I mean, I don't know how well the canons match, but there's nothing about the worlds that invalidate each other. I mean, sometimes when you do a crossover, you have little inconsistencies you'll have to reconcile. Like if you do a crossover between um, NCIS and and Stargate, you you got an inconsistency in who the president is. Okay, just. That's not something that particularly matters in the grand scheme of things. Just pick one. <laughs> right. Pick, <laughs> pick, pick the president. Whatever your focus fan. And this is my recommendation is know which is your primary fandom and stick to the, the minor details of that world. So if, if Stargate is your primary fa fandom, then, you know, it's President Hayes is probably your president. That's, that's who it is. And. In Stargate, yeah, right? For most yeah. of it, yeah. Um, because I think in NCIS they had canon, they have they have like real life president, right? And I actually prefer to just get rid of that shit. So um they even I think in Yankee White had a George Bush double. Um, like a, a an actor who plays George Bush on in, in that episode for like, you know. Two Very weird. Or something. It, it's weird. I mean, I, I would rather much rather have a fictional president than them having the real president. It was strange. I mean, they went with the real president, but they say call it ZNN instead of CNN. So I, I got right. Know. I never got that. Did they just not want to have a? a did they not want to pay CNN some kind of thing for it? I guess I don't know. I mean, I think CNN would want the publicity. The the official. I mean, the the official. You know, news 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 reporter of for for ncis which is like one of the biggest television shows in history so you think they'd be like yeah please use us please for free you know we need the or publicity. maybe they said no in the beginning and now they regret their life choices kind of like when mattel said hell no to disney you can't put barbie in your toy story movie they regretted that <laughs> and then they were like well you know, actually, we thought about it, and you can't put Barbie in your Toy Story movie. <laughs> you can have all the Barbie. <laughs> Would you like Ken as well? How about Skipper? 
yeah, they changed their tune real fast. But in the original Toy Story, that's why you didn't. That's why. That's why we didn't get a Barbie because um, Disney. I mean, uh, Mattel said no. They didn't want to do. Um, they didn't want to have Barbie in this what they considered a stupid Toy Story idea. They didn't think it was going to do anything. Um, so that's why there are no. I mean, I don't think there's any really name brands in the first one. And they're all kind of like all made up toys. Is the etch a sketch in the first one? Yeah, etch is in the first one, I think. I think he did the plan. He he wrote the plan for rescuing Buzz from the kid next door. But for the most part, they're they're not name brand toys. So I think etch a sketch is probably and and the Mr. little army men. Mister Potato Head. Potato Head. Um, Mr. Potato Head, and that may be it. I'm running through them in my mind. I have never watched a Barbie movie, but my nieces love that shit. I, I can't even. They also like Barbie games. I did terrible things to my Barbies when I was a kid, so, uh, you know. I, I get the feeling if CNN had that choice to make over again, they'd be like, yeah, sure, NCIS, you can use our CNN logo on your show. We welcome it. Your little show. I did the same thing as I had Barbie in bondage and Ken too. <laughs> my parents wondered where all my shoelaces were. <laughs> That's you little freaks. <laughs> like, what? What happened to your shoelaces? I don't know. <laughs> but I need new ones. <laughs> I only did that to my siblings. Zena. <laughs> I was a terrible, terrible sister. I'm probably a special hair elf for somebody who uses her sister's Cabbage Patch dolls. <laughs> cabbage Patch dolls were expensive. It didn't hurt them. I mean, you know, my, my sister thought I did. But anyway, but I didn't actually hurt them. Anywho, did it, did I miss it? Did anybody have a question about crossovers or fusions or canon diversions? Because if they did, I missed it in our discussion about toys. What about MCUSGA where the Wakandans are actually ancient? Would you consider that? No, I'd consider it an AU for MCU. Yeah, I'd um, consider it an AU as well. Because Wakanda is a big secret. But the MCU is not. So if Wakanda is in the MCU and you cross over Well, it's because it's it's it, it's because it's changing the the established canon. For the origins of the Wakandans, right? That their power is based in vibranium and the goddess Bast, and making it be them be ancients completely changes 
the MCU canon about the Wakandans. So um, I would call that now it's AU for the Wakandans, but I see the thing is MCU. Again, it, it depends upon your focus because I don't think you can do a focus on Stargate that's canon divergent where the MCU exists because the MCU is not a secret. So it well, changes. I also say is I don't like it. it, but it I don't changes. like the idea of um, it's kind of like and it's actually really kind of terrible the basis for Stargate that um, that the Egyptians could not have possibly been smart enough to build the pyramids that they were obviously the work of an alien. So to say that the Wakandans couldn't have advanced as far as they are because because they're actually aliens implies that the Wakandans were capable of that kind of advancement on their own, that they must be aliens. And that's pretty damn insulting. Yeah. But if you look at this, but this is actually the MCU with Stargate together is a good example of where it works from one side, but not the other. Because you can have the MCU exist. And if your focus fandom is Black Panther or something in the MCU, they could find out about Stargate. Because nothing about Stargate invalidates, really. It makes something in the science, you know, the comic book science that might contradict, but whatever. Because the Stargate's a big secret, it doesn't eliminate anything going on in the MCU. But the reverse is not necessarily true. If you are focused on Stargate and the MCU exists, there's a, probably a significant amount of stuff in the Stargate fandom and the Stargate canon that would implicitly change. So you could do canon divergent for, for the MCU where Stargate comes into play, but you can't really do canon divergence with Stargate where the MCU comes into play. Um, but the whole, and so either way, if you're focusing on the um the mcu if the if the mcu is your focus you could do that and have the stargate come up but you can't if if the if your canon divergent fandom is the mcu they can't be agents because that's not that's not the wakandans canon so that would be an au um but it would be interesting if the wakandans had a history with the ancients and knew them the yeah power? those assholes I would still call it that, but that's so long ago. The Wakan How could they have a history with them? But I, I would hesitate to to agree with any idea that er that erases the um, the accomplishments of the Wakandans because it's um, it's ugly, especially since practically all the ancients are pasty white. And it's, but it's also not canon divergent. So it, you you could do it as an AU, but it, it, I don't think it would count as canon divergent. Um, yeah, I'll say AU. Let's see. So, how would SD one author where Wakandans are in the program? Fusion works um, best when those fandoms are are complementary. Um, but if they're too complementary, then it becomes a, it, then it just literally becomes a crossover because you don't have any elements you have to fuse together to make it work. One of the reasons why Sentinel Guide are known is a fusion is because there's so much fan around the Sentinel and Guide trope that in order for it to work in any other fandom, it, you you really have to do a fusion. But if you're just doing a um, a crossover where Jim 
encounters people from the SGC and Sentinel and guides are not known and Jim is one of a kind basically um, then that's a crossover but when you're layering things together to make it work that's a fusion so the um, how would SG1 alter if there were Wakandans in the program um, well, I don't think there could be Wakandans in the program unless the Wakandans were acting as spies. But the issue would be from a, from a canon divergence perspective, you can't just have Wakanda exist. The MCU has to exist. So if the Wakandans have, are they sneaking people into? I mean, I, would, I would don't know what, the, what, the, what the, the premise would be for them being involved in the, in the, in the SGC. But the SGC would alter if there were aliens known about and if there were if the government had monitoring programs into aliens before the Stargate ever existed. Which they would have to if it was a crossover, if you had Thor if you had well not Thor, I mean even um as far back as Captain Marvel. Um right, Captain Marvel, the Kree, all that stuff. But you'd also have to go back to a little bit to World War Two with um the the Tesseract. Uh and how it got to Earth. How did the Tesseract get to Earth? Stargate MCU is a difficult one. You could fuse them, but they're a difficult one to do a crossover with. Because when you do a fusion, you have to figure out what, which world-building elements. But they would never qualify as convergent, right? Once you, once you do a fusion with those two, the worlds, both worlds have to change. And it really almost obliterates all the canon for both. I mean, because um, you you create a situation where they, there's there's so much technology, there's so many elements and personalities, there's so much um, going on that it really for it to work, it's it's got to be a fusion. Yeah, and you and you have to reconcile the world building. Um, it, it's that those two to, those two. It's not easy to to really figure out, and then you have to work through the canon to figure out what would have stayed the same and what would be different. Um, yeah, because you, yeah, exactly, Doc. There are there are questions like that. Is if um, the SGC are building or having this technology built, why the hell isn't Stark Industries involved? If they're building spaceships, why isn't Tony Stark on um on the ground? Right. If and they if need he power, is, why aren't they approaching him for an art reactor? Yeah, Stargate Cannon alters dramatically when the MCU is real. So it yeah. someone mentioned earlier that if um Tony had worked with the Stargate, and he disappeared in that bombing, that people from Stargate would have gone to get him, and that is actually accurate. <laughs> yeah, very true. <laughs> so it is a... Um, now, I, I actually, I plotted a Stargate MCU crossover, but I would call it definitely like trying to do a crossover thing, and there's no way it's canon divergent. It can't be, because I would be changing too much of both canons. So it's not that you can't what we're talking about here is we're not saying you can't reconcile these, right? Um, so I don't need like stories that have done this because they haven't. 
They haven't done a true canon divergence with these two fandoms coexisting. It becomes something different, which is it perfectly fine. Yeah, but it's not. And a yes, there are plenty of people who have done it, but that doesn't mean they did it well. Right, and it also doesn't mean it qualifies as canon divergent, no matter what they tagged it as. Because when the canons contradict each other, you have to do too much retconning of canon to make everything gel. If they did it well, they had to change something. Which makes it implicitly an alternate universe. And there's nothing wrong with an AU. I love a good AU. But we're talking about canon divergence. And you can't have canon divergence without canon. Which is the funniest thing that I see people trying to do with fix-its is trying to fix things and take canon out of the equation. Like, <laughs> it's like, but... <laughs> What's the point? Now, I was, I would clarify something that um, the canon divergence is the theme for November, but it doesn't have to be a fix-it. No, you could do, you could anti-fix the fuck out of it if you want. I probably if you won't want it, to have the Ori invade the planet, that could, be a fix it for, that could be a fix-it for the Ori. Don't judge the protagonist. <laughs> this is true. This is true. Some people enjoy it, Claire. Some people like to burn, like to, see, like to set shit on fire. Some people just want to watch the world burn and they exist in fandom. And that is fine. Your fix-it is not my fix-it and that is okay. <laughs> but it is, I will say that it becomes an anti-fix-it when the Ori are not the protagonist. Okay? <laughs> so, if, if you're saying it's a fix-it for the Ori, the, somebody, somebody who's, a, who's a prior or that dippy girl that needs to be the protagonist. Otherwise, it's not a fix-it. <laughs> just, I'm just going to say, just going to draw a line in the sand. <laughs> um, I'm going to obliterate the Earth because it blocks my view of Venus. Yeah. Sure it was, Claire. <laughs> it, it, it absolutely was a fix-it. Why? Because time travel. Okay. Okay. I'll buy it. She's talking about all in with her zombie apocalypse. Oh. I love that story. It made me cry like a baby, but I loved it. And she fixed all the things. She went back and fixed things I didn't even know she was planning to fix. It was very she good. Fixed all the things, so grab your towel. And I would call that a, also canon divergence because your canon divergence point is what started the zombie apocalypse, and your fix it was traveling back in time. <laughs> so you had canon divergence but, and a fix it. But you know, even before I started reading this story, I figured it was Scott's fault. <laughs> yeah, of course, it had to be. It's always Scott's fault. So, oh, 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 I just. <sighs> you just get bunnied? Yes. Mm. What if it's not Jensen in the cave with Tony? What if it's Rodney? That's ugly. He doesn't have to die. <laughs> of course, <laughs> there will be no dying. But what if it is Rodney? It's Rodney who who hooks Tony's heart up to a, a bad car battery. Why not? 
Yinsen, we was, Yinsen wasn't a medical doctor. No, but was we he? just, no, but we were just talking in earlier in the corner about, you know, the realities of what that surgery would have been like. <laughs> it would have been heinous, but I think heinous. that Rodney would have done everything he was required to do to make sure Tony lived. Because, yeah, totally. Well, this would be really interesting. I plot plotted a very roundabout fix it for getting Jensen out of out of the cave. Very roundabout, which was that Tony Stark had been hitting on Alex Shepard for years, and Alex was like, "Leave me alone. You don't you don't mean it." And no, I'm not coming to work for you. But then when Tony disappeared, Alex calls his his brothers and go go find him. And so the shepherd will show up and get them out of that damn cave after they make the armor, of course, after he's already made the arc reactor because the arc reactor needs to exist. Oh, absolutely. But, you know, oh, my voice quality just went down. I'm not there even looking going. at my voice quality. Should I be looking it, at my voice quality? I know. I just get this little bar and like sometimes it drops down to yellow and I try to make sure I stop talking when it drops down to yellow because I figure I've got shitty connection. And sometimes it's red. Settings? No, it's right there. It's right. Well, I see it on the voice settings, but I don't know where else I would see it. I'm going to show you. She's going to give me a screenshot. Of course I am. I put it in the podcast chat. Oh, is that what that is? Yeah. I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I've never seen it move, so I had no idea it, it moved. I dropped down to red on the podcast last night. I when it did that, I just disconnected and reconnected. Huh. I didn't tell you though. I just did it. <laughs> I'm considering apologizing for my outburst earlier, but then I was thinking that I might actually delete the outburst from the podcast when it gets curated for the for the internet. Um so I don't know. I have rarely, I mean, recently been so instantly furious in my life. So <laughs> I just, it just, I don't make a habit of losing it like that in public. So, well, it, unless it involves my grocery cart, you know, I don't think, I don't think it's about apologizing for, you know, someone else's bad behavior. It's just that in context, of a podcast someone's listening to what a year from now well, this will make any sense yeah they're not going to understand what happened and um it... anyways i missed it when it when it happened because i wasn't even in the chat until you said something and i went back to the chat and scrolled up to figure out what's going on so for those of you who were on the podcast, something really inappropriate was said in the podcast in the podcast chat about military service and the people who serve. And um I lost my temper. And I'm not I'm not as angry as I was before, and I do have a little bit of a headache. Um so yeah. also say about being in spaces like the chat room or in public spaces and fandom is that it's never cool to throw your opinion out like it's absolute fact and expect people to swallow it um it's just not cool yeah well i think there's sometimes an assumption that 
people are like-minded and on some, and I don't know sometimes where that assumption comes from on certain topics. So. I am, I am, a, I'm a McShep OTP till I die. So, um, no, it's, it's John and Rodney. <laughs> so I saw a comment up above. Um, oh, John and Tony. <gasps> no. They're brothers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I've totally been incepted on that whole John. No. Oh. John and Tony are like totally brothers or cousins. They're related. So no. Yeah. Um, oh, Stark. No. Still no. Because he's supposed to be fucking Tony. <laughs> There's uh, too many Tonys. So somebody asked up above, could it be canon divergent for I, I had missed it when it came when it was said that Howard working with the first team to make the Stargate work. It'd be an interesting divergence if he's doing that instead of um Shield. Yeah. I keep him alive. Um, yeah, and it could even be like a, yeah, that, 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 there's, there's potential there, but you have to be really careful how you, you know, still, you still got two really, you still got what you got there when you got Stargate and you've got the MCU is you've got a lot of history about like origins of technology and stuff that in some fashion you kind of have to reconcile. So you just have to be kind of careful. And also, the Stargate program back then was shut down pretty quickly when um, Ernest was lost. Yeah. yeah. It was mothballed pretty quickly. But yeah, I think, I think you've got a, you got a potential for a canon divergence in, you know, that's, setting, that's set in the past. Um, if you would it be a fusion or a crossover if you had Sherlock Holmes and Anne of Green... What? You're so um, you're so silly. What would they do? Anne would not tolerate Sherlock Holmes for a minute. He's so rude. <laughs> um, she'd breaking. She'd be breaking far more than a slight over his head. <laughs> I mean, I don't. It, I don't get anything that is implicit that you have. There's. It wouldn't be a fusion. It'd be a crossover. Right. There's nothing, about, there's, there's nothing about those worlds that are incompatible. Um, but no, I mean, you wouldn't need to fuse it. it they're just, um, I don't know what you'd do with it. Unless somebody got it, murdered in Green Gables, and then they wouldn't have their own cops. But I mean, if you got a story idea, yes, yeah, a crossover, and you could do canon divergence, yes. Um, there are some. There are some. I do think there are some fandoms that are inherently, from a canon divergence perspective only, they're inherently like they. We talked about it. You can't. They're they're so in conflict with each other that it's very difficult to do a canon divergence. Um. Personally, I think that. Um, 
when you're doing canon diversions because you've already got so much on your plate anyway that adding a second fandom or a third fandom or a big trope like Sentinel and Guide, um, you just put more work on your plate. And when you're doing it for rough trade, um, that's the last thing you want. I mean, from a crossover perspective, some crossovers are really easy, though. You know, like um, Criminal Minds and NCIS. I mean, to me, that's Maybe like Watson made Sherlock go to um, Prince Edward Island on to, to vacation, like, to, you know, just to, like, relax. And Sherlock's bored out of his mind, and they find a body, and he's really excited. Seems like the kind of inappropriate reaction he would have. And so... Not appropriate, Sherlock, to be excited about a dead person. I'm so bored. <laughs> now I'm not bored. This some, dude's really dead. As Kara mentioned earlier, some fandoms are very, very compatible. It's very easy to do a crossover. You don't have to do any work. And usually, let's be real, we're not usually doing full crossovers. Usually what we're doing is taking a character from one fandom and sticking him in another. Um... That's, but just don't make more work. But one of the things you have to consider with canon divergence is we've talked about it before ripples, 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 ripples. And the more fandoms you bring in, the more complicated ripples are. And, if and you, you don't have to have account for characters, you have to account for their actions, you have to account for their history, the baggage they're bringing to the situation. Um, right. So it's, it's not that you can't do it. It's just be judicious about what you're doing when you have to account for all that. Do you really want to account for the ripples of, you know, putting the MCU and Stargate together? You know, it's, it's, it's really complicated. So, and I actually, that's a terrible example because it's very difficult to do canon divergence there anyway. Um, yes, their absence from where they start from, what that means, it, you know, and, and you don't necessarily have to show that on screen, but you need to at least consider it. So I if think you're doing a his dark materials fusion um, requires a lot of work up front. You got you got to pick out your um, demon demons, whatever you call them. Is it demons? It's demons. Uh, the A is silent. Now, in my head, I've always said a demon. I mean, I, I, in my head for years it was that way too, but. I'm pretty sure it's pronounced demon. Um, so you have to account for the characters. You have to account for the demons. You have to pick the demon based on their personality and their and, and their traits that you want to focus on. It can be very daunting. I wouldn't want to do it. But I enjoyed what you wrote, Senna. <laughs> yeah, I mean, also his dark materials. It it yeah, it's 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 just complicated. You have to. Of course, I read it. And that, but his dark materials is much like Sentinel Guide, right? It is definitely fusion type. Thing. I mean, I've definitely read one. I'm, I thought it was yours. I've only read like one or two. I read one where it was, um, where John's um, Damon was a bat. Demon. See, Matt Damon. <laughs> well, okay. So mm, I wouldn't call that canon divergent, actually, unless you're not using. Well, if you're using can, mm, yeah. I don't, what? I which one? Um, the Thor the hammer one. Thor's hammer lands on Earth and wakes up demons because it would be canon divergent if it was set in the MCU. 
And they didn't have but, demons before. But but what about Thor's hammer would wake up demons? I mean, but Thor's hammer is magic. Well, but I mean, where but where would that come from? That would imply something about Thor's hammer has some connection to that kind of what mythology, if, which changes the mythology of what if when Odin threw it, it'd be an, it'd be an Earth, AU. he broke something. He broke the barrier between humanity and their demons. But how do you explain that? I don't know. Author <laughs> Handwave of Destiny? <laughs> don't ask me questions I can't answer. <laughs> I'm just saying, what if? You know, um, in my soulmate AU, I had the hammer be responsible for the emergence of soulmate magic, but I never explained it. <laughs> Well, there is a there is a difficult thing. Is sometimes when you have something that happens, it's like impossible for people to comprehend. Is that without an omniscient point of view, it can, be, can become never explained in your story. Um, I had this moment in that where somebody asked Thor. Which is, it's not currently, that part isn't written yet, but um, it's in my plot. Or somebody asked Thor how his hammer made soulmate magic emerge from uh, from nowhere on Earth because it fell. And he and his response is like, it's too complicated for you to understand. <laughs> that's not just an author hand. But the thing, that's also <laughs> lampshading though, right? You did lampshade at that though. <laughs> And the purpose of well, that or that's that's honestly none of your business. Yeah. <laughs> but the per the, pur the purpose of lampshading is to answer the question before your audience has it, or you know, before it becomes a sticking point to the point that they can't keep going. So, so yeah, but I mean, you, you, me. you could maybe. I think you. I think you've got a lot of problems that you got to work out. Also, in a, in a in a fandom like the MCU do you what are your rules for demons because as far as I, I recall like demons could be physically hurt so how does that work in a in a in a situation with like Tony Stark who is flying can fly like faster than the speed of sound there is no animal that can travel that fast and not be harmed so do you change the rules of how demons function because they can't be separated Right, they can't be separated, so does he... There like was a really interesting Sherlock fic once where Mycroft carried around a tiny little metal box that he pretended his demon was in. When in truth, his demon was Sherlock. Very weird. Especially God. when Sherlock developed a relationship with John Watson. Very weird. Ew. That that actually kind of freaks me out. I read it a long time ago. I couldn't possibly provide a link to that. But I think Sher Sherry can. Sh Sherry? Cherry? Cherry. I'm calling you Cherry. Um, I'm not sure what the demon um, mythology is. I never actually read those books because of the overt religious uh, overtones. Um, just like I didn't read um, The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe for the same reason. Um, but, uh, yeah, it was very weird. But then I've also read ones where they kept um, small demons in little protective cases so they wouldn't get hurt. 
Well, that I think that probably is a case of people adapting the mythology of the, yeah. and you and you probably have to do that, but you need to think through it. You can't, you know. So if you're just going to say, "Oh, it woke up the demons," well, I don't know that you can <laughs> do it exactly the way. <laughs> but but then you have to ask. I mean, are do you give a do you give Tony Stark a teeny tiny little demon? Um, for convenience sake, even though it doesn't seem like it's reflective of his personality or his soul at all. I mean, think about it, right? So that you, if you, if you have to be careful, you don't, your decision that doesn't come off as contri contrived, which I, to me, I, I don't see Tony well, Stark. I see is probably either, he either seems very feline to me or a bird of prey. So I don't know how you put that in the iron fanny pack. Yeah, you couldn't put a bird of prey in the iron fanny pack. Um, I agree with the feline choice, actually. Um, but then also that whole demon thing, like, how would somebody who's an Air Force pilot handle their demon? Right. Are you, are you eliminated from certain service because you've got of a the bear? size of your demon? Yeah, right. you would have to be. Unless the unless you change the rules of how the demons function and that they aren't aren't harmed by, <laughs> yeah, but a flying witch on a broom couldn't break the sound barrier, and Iron Man can. Yeah, that's the issue. Is modern technology isn't remotely compatible with the, the demon, the, the whole mythology. demon, the demon. Yeah, so you've got you've got issues you have to work out. And we're not, I'm not trying to work them out here. I'm just saying that if you want to have, do a canon divergent thing, if that's your thing, you want to do a canon divergent thing where Thor's hammer wakes, you know, separates humans, you know, creates a physical representation of the human soul. And it would have to be an actual representation, I think. You could, you could go the actual soul side of it, but uh. You've, you've also, I don't think you're going to, frankly, I'm going to just be, be straight. You're not going to get much story told because people are going to freak the fuck out. And you're going to have to do a big time skip and deal with, um, to, to, otherwise you're just going to get immersed in the world dealing with the fact that their souls are running around. And, you know, there'd be instant judgment about certain types of animals. And honestly, people behave terribly. So it would not go well. Well, but that's an AU, okay? So if you're talking about an AU where demons have always existed, that's not the same thing as a canon divergence. Where, where they suddenly appear. Suddenly appear. Um, people there would wouldn't be... know what to do with it. Yeah. Do you have to have an extra I mean, imagine plane you wake to up. your demon? Imagine waking up tomorrow and you've got a demon and your demon is, I don't know, half a ton of Siberian tiger lounging on your bed. You have to buy an extra plane seat or two? I mean, how do you travel? Do you need a bigger car? If you've got a smart car, what are you supposed to do? <laughs> <laughs> Have the tiger pull the smart car? <laughs> Hook that thing up like a wagon and just, just do the best you can. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, there's so when you when you do something canon divergent where you have a big thing happen, like um, I would say intuitive is canon divergent in the sense that they had a virus happen that caused basically psychic powers to happen to people right um 
it has big repercussions when you have a big world change as your canon divergence point. And, you know, you just got to plan that carefully. It, it's a big task to take on for nano. <laughs> this is one of those things I would take it on. Personally, I'd be taking it on in private so that when I tripped over myself, I wasn't doing it in front of like 10,000 people. Yeah, I mean, everything would have to be revamped to to make the demon process work. And you're right, I would not try something super experimental on Rough Trade because there um, there's a lot of people and there's a lot of... Uh, you, you know, you don't fall on your face sometimes, but you don't need to do it in front of that many people on a regular basis. <laughs> done it. I've done it, but I I've don't know it. that I want to repeat it. No. <laughs> and that's not that I want you to be, to be afraid of the Rough Trade audience. It's just that, um, I mean, what even happens? I acknowledge there are things that I would not try to do on Rough Trade in a month. Uh, if I had to do it over again, I would never would have put synthetic on Rough Trade. I mean, I failed miserably at it. I didn't give it enough development time. So. And we talked about my unhappiness with Revenant. Uh, but uh, that was more of a format issue than a content issue. But I'm really deeply disappointed in my experience with writing synthetic on Rough Trade. I, I've had a, I've had at least one where I wish I just well more than one but there's one explicitly that I was like I wish I hadn't done that um, and, and, it, and it it's it's about also about it's I say I I mentioned the size of the audience but it's also it's more about I don't have in a timed challenge I don't have time to trip over my feet um, you know if I have a problem and I need to back up. I can't just say, oh, I'm obliterating chapter one starting over. I mean, I guess I could. There's nothing, I don't think, especially in the rules that says I can't say, ignore that last chapter. <laughs> well, yeah, but you can't delete the last the, the last chapter. You can say, oh, ignore that. I'm starting over. And that's fine. You know? So it's just, it, if it's something that I am uncertain about that I feel really uncomfortable with or in some fashion, I or that I don't know how it would go or that it's really complicated. Rough trade is probably not where I would choose to do that. And also, also because, you know, I want to, I want to work on stories that I have a chance of finishing. And usually if something is really complicated or it's going to require a lot of, you know, like sitting down and working out the nuance. And sometimes I don't even understand the nuance I need to work out until I trip over it. So I, well, that's um, always the way, I mean, you don't even see, you know, and for a plotter, it can be really deeply uncomfortable to, to get to a spot and find out you've got a giant Lois Lane would die in the sinkhole sinkhole <laughs> in your plot and Superman's not around to make the planet go back around. <laughs> yeah. Superman's not around to fix your big plot hole. And, and so you sit there and you go, okay, I need some time to work this out. I got to go back to the drawing board on this concept and you stall out. And so it's, and that is much more likely to happen in things that are experimental or they're very complicated or the world building is difficult. Now I've done some difficult world building on rough trade, but I usually went into it pretty com confident about it. So um, it, it's just something to bear in mind. 
that if you're work that you want to you want to embark on projects for a challenge like rough trade that you have a chance of finishing you know, that that that's the goal the goal is always to to embark now sometimes life happens that's not what i'm talking about but Well, you you want stories that you have a chance of finishing in the in the a lot of time. So that's why I there's some things like I wouldn't choose to have demons waking up on Earth for rough trade because no, it is so, I, it is uh, so complicated. I wouldn't even know what to do with it. I would. Well, you'd have to rework the rules of the demons. You'd have to you'd have to use basically you'd be using his dark materials inspiration. And not as the literal world building because it makes no sense with modern technology. You'd basically fuck your world up. So, um, good. I mean, you, you could, if you want to go down that path where people can, you know, have to buy two or three, you know, plane tickets to travel with their tiger, and that's the path you want to go down because you want to stick closer to the cannon for the demons. That's, you know, you, that's fine. It's not what I would choose to do. If I were going to have demons waking up, they'd be a little bit more intangible and a little less um, easily easy to harm them. So, yeah, I think that if I was going to do um, a kind of a demon crossover, that I would kind of change the mechanics of that a little bit and make them more like spirit animals. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And I'd probably just call them spirit animals because I wouldn't want people yelling at me about um, how I don't understand the way demons work. Oh, I get it. I just don't like it. <laughs> and it would be interesting if um, people had, you know, spirit animals outside of the whole sitting on guide trope if everyone had one. Um, I think it'd be really interesting. I agree. I think it would be a in really interesting kind, especially are they always visible? It could be that, and that might be actually an easier thing to tackle than demons is Thor's hammer makes your spirit animal visible to you or to others or whatever. Then, then actually full on demons might be it. I would say to me, it would be an easier topic to tackle. Well, I, I would not say that the spirit animals, um, in the Sentinel Fixer, a mixture of canon and demon, because uh, the spirit animals in the show are clearly um, uh, representations of the spirit plane, um, and we really only see them a couple of times, um, and they're they're not. Well, and Jim's doesn't Jim's spirit guide kind of actually literally guide him at times? Yeah, yeah. So it, it 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 the fact that it leads him to things that he it, it implied something separate from himself, not a representation like of that himself. it had knowledge that he did not have, which means it wasn't part of his soul. So I would not say that the spirit animal um, in Sentinel Fix is related to demons at all. I think some people might cross that line um, in individual stories, but Safana doesn't support that. Yeah, and definitely the canon doesn't support that. Now, in Beautiful Decline, I had the de had the spirit animals actually all be angels. So I, but but it's because there's so little firm canon about spirit animals that you can do whatever you want. 
Yeah, you definitely could make them a mixture of demons and uh, spirit animal, but I think that, yeah, it is, it is close to my bedtime. Um, I think that it would be a, a mistake, really, to, to put too much, especially in a modern situation, because um, uh, his dark materials is uh, like, what, is it steampunk? Kind of? Or was that just a movie? So, there's a lot of um, technology built around uh, d demons and how they work. And um, But in a situation, in the modern situation where you have um, planes and cars and things that it would make it very difficult to travel with a very tangible animal the size of an elephant or a giant bear um, that you would want to focus more on a spirit animal it would just be easier now there, definitely you could do like all kinds of you could do all kinds of interesting things with Thor's hammer striking earth like Kira said she did soulmate you could have just some kind of weird tattoo shows upon you that's like some kind of fate mark that's you know kind of shows you that when the, that thing in your life happens, you're supposed to pay attention. Um, I don't know, but you could do, there, there's ways you could do it that don't burden yourself the way you would with demons. Because why, why, why create extra work for yourself? And, and part of the whole thing about canon divergence, whether it's a fix it or not, is about exploring the consequences of your divergence. And if you're not doing that, what is the point? Whether it's, I mean, if you take a very sharp turn, the consequences are to your character, right? So if you take a, like a very sharp turn in your canon divergence, like where, like Tony leaves NCIS, the, the consequences, the ripples you're exploring are what happens to Tony, right? How his life, and in theory, we hope, to those of us who like the unicorn, we hope his life gets better. So that the ripple, the, the fix or whatever, is apparent in how his life improves. If if you diverge from canon, like you make an event happen and nothing changes. Hello, Harry Potter fandom. I'm talking to you. We, we <laughs> what was don't, the point? We don't know what you're doing. If I want to read Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, I'll just go read Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. I don't need your um, knockoff version not been through an editor and probably isn't punctuated very well. <laughs> that we, was did a, we did the soulmate trope. I did not specify um, how soulmates um, were identified. We did, yeah, it was, yeah, it was blanket soulmate. Um, there was, uh, so as an example of canon divergence that it would be a bad idea for um, de novo is canon divergence. Okay. So if in my sequel to DeNovo, if Gibbs comes back and Tony folds back into the team as SFA and Ziva comes back and life continues apace. I would ask you if you needed help. She would. She, I hope, I, and I would hope she would. I hope she would call my sister and ask her to look to see if I've had a head injury. Or, um, you know, if, if you've been taken over by a pod person or if you need to take a little mental holiday in an institution. 
Am I step am I step for Jilly? Did somebody get to me? You know, what happened? But that is you see stuff like that, right? Where somebody makes a, a, a big a big step away and then all of a sudden it's all back the way it was. I see this in, in Dead Air Fix quite a lot, where it seems like a lot is gonna be different, but by the end of the story everything is the same. And you're kind of like going, what what just happened to the last fifty thousand words of my life? It felt Nothing. like it felt <laughs> like it was going to be canon divergent. But I'm honestly telling you, if you wind up right back in the same spot fifty thousand words later, I would call what you did mental masturbation. I would not call it canon divergent, and that is not the challenge. <laughs> so there's me and honestly, veggie. you just you know keep your masturbation to yourself. And I said that from someone who's actually been told repeatedly that my work makes them, um, if one more person leaves, I'll be in my bunk as a comment on one of my fics. I'm going to fucking lose my mind. Just letting you guys know. That's not, that is not, it's not flattering. I don't need to know about the, the erections I inspire. Regardless of your equipment. Just saying. Yeah. I, it, we, trust me, neither one of us wants to know about how wet you were. Yep. Just not. Just don't want to do it. That has happened. Just don't want to do it. Yes. Thank you, Reaper. That's an exact example. Is There are stories out there about willow using basically mind raping her friends with her magic and by the end of the story nothing has changed nothing but why I, because people don't there's there's this thing in fandom where people don't want to break up the team it's like breaking up the team somehow is like the big sin so you can't like vote Willow off the island. We can't like vote Ziva off the island. So in the end, it's like there's like some bizarre unwritten rule that everybody has to be together and back on the team. It's like Tony can get mad about dead air, but he can't actually leave the team and neither can anybody else. It's like, come on. Oh, fuck you. Fuck that. Fuck that. You're not playing by those ga that ga you know, by those rules. So if you wanna if you wanna diverge and you wanna vote Willow off at Sunnydale, you just go right ahead. My favorite fix it for dead air out of all the dead air variations we did is that uh, Ziva and Tim get carjacked, and because they don't have the radio on, they can't call Tony for help, and they both die. That's entertaining. I think my well, I had two that I really liked um, from an entertainment perspective. The only one I really actually plotted from that, I think, was the one where Tony ascends. But um, no. Uh, the one where the SGC is in the neighborhood and show up. That one I found entertaining. And the one we talked about, didn't we talk about this one? Where Tony and Tony are friends and Jarvis keeps an, an eye on Tony? No, no, that and wasn't that wasn't one of the ones on there, I don't think. No. Your, your, your Tony and Tony obsession happened after that podcast. <laughs> uh, so much judgment. See, 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 that's see, not see. judgment. That's a statement. <laughs> that's a statement of fact. <laughs> they, ha I think I, I can't help that I see the chemistry. 
It's great chemistry. I'm not judging you for it. I'm just pointing it out. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> okay, so that, that came up at some other time that I was very entertained with the idea that <laughs> Iron Man showed up because, I mean, the, the timelines don't exactly match up, but it's close enough for government work um, that Iron Man shows up because Tony gets in trouble. Yeah, I want to say this. Forget kill your darlings. Kill the assholes instead. Yes. And save your darlings. I don't know that Tony would like, I think we're talking about Tony Stark because I don't know that Tony Stark would tell her off. He might just give her a repulsor in the face. I don't think Tony would consider Ziva worth his time. I agree, actually. I think he would make it his, he, his time would be limited, would be best spent by pointing out that having Jarvis point out that there's no reason for her to be working for NCIS and that would be the end of it. I think she would be like dirt on his shoe. Unless he wanted to hire somebody to tell her off. It'd be like, hey, Pepper, Miss Potts, can you hire someone to go to DC and tell off Ziva DeVee for me? I would really appreciate it. Thanks. <laughs> be awesome. Thanks. <laughs> There's probably a whole department of people at Stark Industries whose job is to tell people off that Tony can't be bothered with. Who do you got this week? General Ross. <laughs> Damn it. It's my no, it's my turn to tell off General Ross. <laughs> they fight over it. <laughs> it's the most coveted job at Spark Industries is to be in the telling off department. They'd have to have a funny name. They have to have a clever name for it so people didn't know what it was. Or maybe something really banal, like, you know, communications. <laughs> It's the communications department. Oh, we're not the regular communications. We're the special <laughs> communications. Public relations. You mean it's my? I, mean, I get to tell, and, and some like newbie comes in, like really excited. Goes, I get to tell off Nick Fury today. <laughs> We've all done that, kid. <laughs> it gets old. Now I feel like now I feel like we need to have a department of communications, um, communication <laughs> department relay. <laughs> Absolutely. Where Tony, Tony's people take turns telling people off. <laughs> That's terrible, but also very funny. <laughs> Suck Tony Stark's dick department. <laughs> uh. <sighs> Someone's going to put an eggplant on that. I'm going to hit it. <laughs> well, the problem is the suck Tony Stark's dick department could be misconstrued. So you might have to be like the kiss my ass department or kiss Tony Stark's ass. But actually could be kissed. That could be really misconstrued too. Because it does sound like he's soliciting sexual favors from his employee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that that's a legal gray area. We wouldn't Pepper wouldn't allow him to be in. So, right, so people are going, You wait a minute, why would you want to be in the department that has to suck Tony's dick? I don't understand that. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure it's a great dick, but really? 
<laughs> the fuck off department. <laughs> um. And, well, you know the chief, and and it's who's the teller offer in chief? You know. Now that'd be funny. There's bingo cards given out to the department with the common shitty people, and like you, when you get a, you know, when you get a bingo, when you get maybe a, if you get a bingo, you get to have lunch with Tony. Maybe Jarvis reports in that somebody somebody got a blackout today. That could be the hysterical. Jarvis reports in to Tony and says someone got a blackout on their bingo card today. Really? <laughs> Buy that guy some lunch. <laughs> I definitely need to, and I want to. I want to hear like uh, the greatest hits from their telling off because maybe the Jarvis does that. He records these telling off conversations and gives Tony the highlights of the best ones of the week. <laughs> so you could either tell it from the point of view of the teller offers, or you could tell it from Tony's point of view, where he's listening to the highlights while he's working from his <laughs> telling off department. <laughs> And actually, that'd be hysterical because he could turn and go, "Yeah, Nick, I I was very productive working on those, uh, um, the prop the propulsion system for the helicarriers today. I had some really interesting listening music. I heard you called Stark Industries this week, ten times." <laughs> <laughs> Like I have like phone calls they take from outside and then there could be like a cold calling section where people who have pissed Tony off and he sends them a list. <laughs> and this guy's pissed me off. And everybody's name is Bob. So it doesn't matter whether it's a man or a woman who calls you. This is called calls this is General Ross. I'm quoting somebody in the chat here who wrote this line. General Ross, this is Bob from Stark Industries. Your daughter doesn't like how obsessed you are with her fiance. <laughs> so you need to fucking stop it and keep your boner to yourself. <laughs> and then you get some, you know, the next time Bob calls, it's a guy with a really deep voice, you know. Calls, uh, <laughs> I understand you found a new bar. Tony Stark says hi. <laughs> this is Bob. <laughs> if you want to call me back, just, just ask for Bob. Someone's always here. <laughs> just ask for Bob. You could have people in like Senate in the hallway talking about did you get a female Bob or a male Bob? I got a male Bob. I like the female Bobs better. <laughs> you mean there's more than one female Bob? Yeah, there's definitely there's at least two. Why has the miscommunication department called you twice? <laughs> Bitch out bitches. <laughs> <laughs> It's like you'd think we liked crack or something. Yeah, you'd think. This is like the yes, sir. The sir, you know, when this is like sir, the, sir. <laughs> I've been reading reports. I've been reading. I was reading another report, sir, and I have God concern. damn it, Major Shepard. <laughs> Go stand in the corner. <laughs> I cannot talk to you anymore. What is We're wrong fucked, sir. with you? We're fucked. I listened to that podcast the other night. 
I about peed my pants. I laughed so hard. Hey, you know, we're we're really fucking funny. <laughs> we have our moments. <laughs> we're fucked, sir. We're fucked. Oh, and the thing is, I actually could see it going just that way, where John is like traveled back in time. He's trying so hard to be earnest and work with, with um, what's his face? Help me with his name. The guy in head of the expedition, Sumner. Um, John's trying so hard to work with Sumner, and he's just trying to point stuff out. Sumner is just fed up. He just can't take one more thing. He like needs. He like tries to get an EXO to put between him and John to take all of John's complaints. <laughs> Christine Everhart would definitely be on speed dial. They fight over who got to talk to talk to her on any given day. Dinner, Ross. Bob called. <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> you saw Bob. That Bob says. <laughs> and when General Ross gets really mad at Bob, Jarvis tells Tony, and Tony goes, "You be sure to promote Bob." <laughs> <laughs> whichever Bob that was. <laughs> you figure out which Bob is it. Whatever Bob one, Bob two. I don't know. And actually. Everybody starts to dread getting a call from a Bob. This is Stark. Hi, this is Bob from Stark Industries. Fuck my life. What did I do? <laughs> Are there levels of Bob? There would have to be levels of Bob. There'd be there'd be a Chief Bob. <laughs> the HBIC. <laughs> now now HBIC had had Bob in charge. <laughs> Oh my god. Darcy could definitely be the chief Bob. <laughs> you could write a whole story where Darcy works her way up through the ranks and Tony is so impressed with her. He's like, can you believe how effective she is at being Bob? Definitely promote her. She needs to be a senior Bob. <laughs> she needs to be the Bob. You could be the first junior Bob to ever get a blackout. <laughs> Gets her blackout bingo card, and that's why she gets promoted. Rapid for promotion to senior Bob. And then finally, Tony's like, you know, her Bob, her Bobs are the best. Definitely make her chief Bob. People getting on Twitter, I got Bob today. <laughs> it was not good. It's time for your medication. <laughs> Someone actually asked me if... um the sugar song was my medication song for both times. And no, it's not. Um, for noon, I prefer the Adams family song. Oh. <laughs> Actually, what would be hysterical as hell is like if there's a bunch of people who are on Tony's shit list who tend to be in the same spot, that they have their own Bob Bingo. Like, it's like, I got Bob today. I marked off another square. One more Bob, and I've got a bingo. <laughs> and some people start taking it as a point of pride that they've had the most Bobs. <laughs> um, I actually just set two alarms, one for noon and one for midnight, because that's my schedule to take my pills. Um, so, um, I tried using that Don't Miss Your Medication app, but 
Walgreens has. I didn't like it. Um, I, I much prefer to just have my little. Yeah, yeah. I've tried a couple of apps for medication. They don't. None of them quite do what I want to do. So I just I do just, the alarms. Yeah, alarms wind up working. Although the one I liked the best, um, for no fuss, no muss, for taking, just go in and just click the button and you're done. It's called Round, which is utterly bizarre name for an app to take your pills, but that's what it's called. Round. Round was round. If I wasn't, you know, if I wasn't able to. When I was taking pills more than three times a day, I, I found it much more effective than what I'm dealing now. It also helped with, because I do have medication that I can't take within two hours of other stuff. And I take that medication three times a day. So sometimes it's really important that I know exactly when I took it. Yeah. So that could be funny as fuck if there's like sentence in session. And an aide comes in and says to Senator Stern, you've got a call from Bob. <laughs> and like everybody agrees that Senator Stern needs to go take that, that they'll go out and recess. Like, there, could be there could be like consequences if they don't take the Bob call. Like if they don't take it and it gets back to Tony that, that someone refused to speak to Bob, like he could make their life a living hell. Yeah. They didn't, <laughs> they didn't, they didn't talk they to Bob. Well, first step is the head Bob calls you. <laughs> Like the senator's got a new aide who didn't tell him that Bob called. And so head Bob calls and somebody else finds out about it, comes charging into the Senate chamber and goes, you didn't take a call from Bob. From now Bob? the head, now the head Bob is on the phone. Now the HBIC is on the phone and you're in trouble. <laughs> you want him to tell Jarvis that you didn't take the head Bob's call? <laughs> Then one day, Bob sitting at his desk, and he gets a new memo from Tony, and he turns to his coworker and says, "How the hell am I supposed to call Odin?" <laughs> so there's a Bob who really takes to that, right, and spends all day yelling at Heimdall. So you better pass this message on, motherfucker. And I am not going to stop until I know that he heard. <laughs> And eventually, we talk about his A plus parenting. <laughs> and eventually, Heimdall opens the Bifrost just to tell Bob, "I got the message." And then Tony gives that person like a bonus or something. Is there, you got, you, you got <laughs> Asgard to respond. That you are, you are a good Bob. <laughs> and like maybe there's a list of people that nobody wants to tackle, and Odin is one of them. And like a real that could be the Darcy's. What gets Darcy first promoted? <coughs> He comes in and goes, oh, I'll take Odin. Yeah, I'll take Odin. I know just how to do that. I'm going to go yell at Heimdall until he's tired of me. <laughs> she goes up to the roof. Says, hey, Heimdall. Hey. I'm not going to stop. And I know you can hear me. <laughs> I'm going to sit here and sing the song that never ends until you <laughs> acknowledge me and make sure you passed on our message about how we do not approve of Odin. <laughs> Tony just wants to be sure that he knows that and I'm getting paid to do this so <laughs> I got all day <laughs> I, you know honestly I think if Bob if Clint knew that a Bob position was available he would just quit S.H.I.E.L.D. and say I want to be a Bob huh 
Actually, that could be one of the things that they do is when they think they've got a, a shield spy in the organization is they make them a bob and their first assignment is to call and cuss out Fury. <laughs> <laughs> and they'll be like, hey, um, I, t- I took this job because um, I was told to, uh, but I would like to actually stay. <laughs> It's the best. So either they quit because they want to keep calling and cussing out Fury, or they can't do it. And then Tony's like, "Really? Is there a reason why you can't yell at Fury? You're protected. Your identity's protected here. We don't let anybody know who our bobs are. This is like, you know, this is a safe space. This is the most secure floor, second most secure floor in the building. So why can't you yell at Fury? Ah, uh, it's because you work for him. Admit it." <laughs> Dark says Clint would petition for the Bobs to change their name to Dick. Senator Stern, there's a Dick from Stark Industries calling. (laughs) (laughs) And everybody would want to be Dick 69. I'm just saying. (laughs) Please hold for Dick. How do you get dick? You ask him very nicely. Well, and since there's so many, they'd be called the dick, right? Would you just tell the dick to wait? (laughs) I got dick today. (laughs) You might be able to use my inhaler. You need to stop. That's fucking hilarious. Yeah, she still needs a head head dick, though. Yeah, absolutely. Head dick, that sounds really unfortunate. <laughs> we gotta come up with what dick means, though, because dick needs to have an acronym. That's the reason why they're called the dicks. <laughs> Dedicated. Dedicated. I can't think of anything. I'm brain dead. <laughs> Well, the C could be communication, and the K could be a little K. It's just D I C. Inventive communication. (laughs) I do like department for inventive communication, the dicks. (laughs) I agree. And because it he that's what Tony Stark would have would be inventive communication. Yeah. Yeah. Dark so people would call Stark Industry. Hi, I'm looking for Dick. Prosthetic or is this a return call? Both. Yeah, absolutely both. And anytime they hire somebody named Richard, like for real, they go, you need to understand, though, I don't care what you go by in your personal life. At Stark Industry, you're Richard or Rich. Ricky is fine, but you can't go by Dick. Because Dick is a way of life, and it can't be you. 
You are an accountant, Rick. You Richard. don't have the ability to be a dick. You can't be a dick. You start as a bob and you get promoted to dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that, it's better than being a dick and getting promoted to bob because that doesn't sound right. <laughs> yeah, because like bob's like a boyfriend in a box, right? So a bob's like a fake dick. <laughs> and then there's dick. <laughs> yeah, you could have that, sir. You didn't take Bob's call, and there's now a dick on the phone. <laughs> they escalate. That could be the escalation department of the dicks. <laughs> a battery-operated boyfriend. Yeah. This kind of crack usually is more likely to happen at like 3 o'clock in the morning, but you know, you never know when it's going to land on you at 10 o'clock at night. Right. It's actually midnight for me, so yeah. Did you take your vitamin? Was this a vitamin D day? I'm just curious. You are yawning like it no, is. It's, no, um, I had a little problem with my asthma earlier, so that could be why. Oh, dude, that sucks. Sorry. I don't care if you yawn. You yawn as much as you probably, we should probably let you go to bed. But when you were yawning, I'm like, I wonder if you took her vitamin D today. That was my first thought. Vitamin D does knock me on my ass. It is ridiculous. But speaking yeah, of, I'm not sure I put my vitamin D in my pill thing. That's unfortunate. That actually making me wonder if I did. I did. I have to check. I would have taken mine today, and, and considering that I have my, my Monday one in, I must have taken the one today. But vitamin D is the best sleep I'll, I get. It knocks me, it knocks me right out. That would, that would, I wish mine, I wish it did for me, but no. And I take it twice a week, so if it was going to make me tired, I would know by now. And Benadryl knocks my ass out, too, so. <laughs> Your complaint has been escalated. Please hold for cut. <laughs> Cunt's assistant is asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, I don't have a problem with that, Claire. And I should. Claire said Pepper was once the cunt. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think she might actually embrace it. I think she would, too. One day, Rody comes up, calls, and asks Tony. He says, "Hey, how are things? They're good. How are you? You like that stolen suit? Yeah, it's working out okay. Um, why did Bob call me? Why do you think Bob called you, <laughs> James? <laughs> I think he'd get all up in it and call him Rupert. <laughs> Rupert. 
James Rupert Rhodes. Why do you think Bob called you? Lucky I didn't have Dick call you. <laughs> I tried to treat it as a minor issue and pass it off to the Bobs. I could have given it to the Dicks. <laughs> Just give the suit back before you get dicked. That's really terrible and great. But the thing is, is about the suit is that if Tony hadn't wanted him to have the suit, wouldn't he, have had it. He wouldn't have had it. Because he could have prevented it from being used. He built it. Jarvis could have taken control of it and, to, and, and taken it back. Well, I think I, I think definitely at the Justin Hammond moment that that Rody would have definitely got a phone call from Dick. Can you imagine the phone calls Justin Hammer was getting? <laughs> I can't fucking believe you. For the after the Stark Expo, like there's like ten Dick calls on the calendar. It's like I want to hear him to hear you guys every day for the next two weeks. He put his shitty armaments on my suit and they didn't work then one day tony has an idea so he calls somebody himself and they're like oh wait wait i haven't gotten bobbed or dicked and now tony stark's on the phone what have i done to earn this <laughs> uh, can you imagine me calls it calls and goes um hmm, tony stark's calling you which Bob is it this time? No, no, Tony Stark is calling you. I think they'd totally stroke out. <laughs> Why is he calling me directly? What about Bob? Did Bob get fired? <laughs> Can I have Bob back? I don't want to talk to Tony Stark. How with that. We're all going to die. <laughs> the planet is going to explode. Shit's going to get real. And some newbie doesn't understand and goes, what's the problem if Tony Stark calls? You don't understand. Tony Stark does not call people. He has an entire department with a hierarchy of same-named assholes to call people <laughs> for him. <laughs> he doesn't let you hand him things and he does not call you. The world is going to end. They all call Steve once a day. Absolutely. Sometimes twice. Yeah, if it's post, if it's the post-Civil War time frame, yeah, they call him like, Hi, Steve, this is dick number two. It's your daily call. Since you sent us your phone number and we know exactly where we are, you are, we thought we'd give you your daily phone call. Hello. It's time to yell at you now. Just hold still. It'll be over soon. <laughs> I can't fucking believe you do something so fucking stupid. <laughs> if you don't know how shit works, don't mess with it. 
What is wrong with you? Also, that part where you kicked those guys' asses in the elevator was pretty cool. Jarvis got me some footage of that. I appreciate it. <laughs> but also, fun. fuck you. <laughs> Can you imagine what the dicks would have to say after the data? The data? He's like, we had to stop dick duty to deal with the data, the data breach. I mean, what is the matter with you? That was not in my job description. I was supposed to get to yell at assholes all the time, not try to clean up a, you know, Treason. <laughs> what you guys did totally messed with my mojo. I had to stop being a you dick, dick target. <laughs> Iron Man is not approving your fat shaming, you dick target. I was rescued by a bob. Yeah, I got a dick. <laughs> People like move on to the next job. Holy shit, you were a bob? Well, you're hired. <laughs> I always wanted a bob of my own. Oh, no, no, no. Sir, I'm sorry. I can only bob for Tony Stark. <laughs> <laughs> it was in my ex agreement. Only a dick for Stark. <laughs> I've retired from bobbing. Peter <laughs> <laughs> exploring SI comes across the Dick's department, walks around wide-eyed and dazed for the rest of the day before deciding this is now what he wants to do with his, his life. life. <laughs> I want to be a dick at Stark Industries. Have Don't start we... Don't we all? all? You have to start as a Bob, and you no one can ever know that this is what you do. You'll have but to. No, Mbaku would not get Bob calls. <laughs> He's awesome and perfect. Mbaku <laughs> might get a dick visit. The actual, the actual <laughs> dick. Because <laughs> Tony might need to get laid. Because <laughs> <laughs> right, or if Darcy knew, Darcy would want to be in that lap. I'm just saying. <clears throat> Uh, yeah. He did not pick the dick life. The dick life took him by the hand <laughs> and put a phone in it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm worried about you guys. You like this child. You like this idea way too much. <laughs> these like are our people. Me? This is our tribe. This is our tribe. And these would be your dicks. If yes. you were the head of Stark Industries, <laughs> there they are. This is your dick. These are your dicks. These are your dicks. New people can be the bobs. They have to work their way up to dick. Dicks of the MCU. <laughs> that is America's ass. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, there can be cross dick training. <laughs> Hello, I am the cut. I would like to inform you that I'm on vacation in Wakanda coming up, and I wanted to know if you were free on Friday night. <laughs> I'll I'll be off duty, but you know, if you like that kind of thing, I could. <laughs> We could role we could role play like I'm calling you. 
we have a dick for America's ass on the line. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is so wrong. It's so wrong. (laughs) Hey, if anybody deserves a a booty call in Black Panther, it's M'Baku. I'm just saying. I think that what you mean is that there's somebody out there who deserves a booty call from M'Baku. <laughs> this is true, too. <clears throat> so many bitches. <laughs> so little time. I think Sherry would try to like intern to be a dick at Stark Industries. They'd all be like, no. <laughs> no. Yes. Sherry, yes. Sherry, no. <laughs> Cannot be. They're going to make you a dick. <laughs> I know. I'm looking She's forward like, to it. Wouldn't that be great? No. <laughs> Yeah, if Natalie wanted to apologize for that whole needle thing, she'd take out Justin Hammer for him. And just like, I, I just pay attention to the news tomorrow. I wanted to apologize for what happened between us. Nothing else needs to be said. Next morning, Tony's having his coffee and it's announced on the radio or the TV or whatever that Justin Hammer was killed in a car accident. <laughs> say it with blood. I regret nothing. Loki is a dick. And that's okay. He's the original dick. You know, sort of like um, how, you know, Steve Rogers is the first Avenger. Loki is the first dick. Ta-da. Okay, we're, gonna, we're, we're running at two and a half hours right now. So um, we're going to let you guys go. I hope you have a fantastic evening. And um, we'll probably see you tomorrow. Say goodnight, Jilly. Good night, people. Now I got to go tell Craig to fuck off. Night, dicks. <laughs> <laughs>